About a week ago, we started talking about this new term. It's quiet quitting. It has nothing to do with quitting. It's a misnomer. Basically, it has everything to do with employees looking at their job description, realizing or feeling that they have too much on their plate and saying, I'm not going above and beyond. Quitting time is at five o'clock. When the whistle blows, I'm gone. Our next guest has literally called this a virus worse than COVID. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, chairman of O'Leary Ventures, is back on The Kelly Cotrera Show. Great to have you back, Kevin. It's been a while. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Do you care to elaborate on you calling quiet quitting um, a virus is worse than COVID? Yeah, you know, let me explain in some detail because um, I find this a fascinating phenomenon of what's occurred over the last two and a half years the pandemic and, and the new uh, view by many young people about how work should be conducted and where it should be conducted. So just to give you the baseline, in, in our operating companies, we're invested in over 50 private companies. So in aggregate, about 10,000 employees and employees of the supply chains that work with them. So you have a pretty good handle on who's coming back to work, who isn't. And we've been unable to get any more than 45% of those people back in the office, regardless of where the business is. So there's a total, that's a total change. Why you care about that is that the nature of work has changed to more project orientation. In other words, I don't care when you do your work. I only care that you get it done by the timeline you've agreed to. So this premise that you're going to work nine to five starts being bankrupt right out of the gate because you're now employed on a team that's virtual in some cases. Many employees I've never met in my companies and they'll never be in an office because they don't want to and they work in other countries. That's what technology has enabled us to do. And it's a very vibrant economy that's emerging, a new digital economy. But the concept that you are trying to launch your career and telling all your team members and your, your who's ever employing you and the company you work with and your immediate management that you're gonna slam your laptop shut at five o'clock, only an idiot would do that. And that's what's going to happen. So what I'm trying to do is get the headhunters we work with to identify these people so I can make sure they work for our competition. They are total losers and I want them to infect our competition, not our companies. That is an interesting way to look at it and an interesting strategy. Uh, how would you identify a quiet quitter though? I mean, you simply if they're working ask, remotely. No, you simply ask the question. You can, you know, that's the whole point of, of, of understanding somebody's motivations. If you're telling me you're coming from a place where you're only going to do, or you ask them right out of the way, out of the gate, are you going to work past five o'clock? And they say, no, I believe in nine to five. Well, I know where to send them to somebody I'm competing with. That would be a great outcome because nobody works that way anymore. Even a woman running a family or a man running a family, it's, there is no nine to five anywhere on earth anymore. So that idea is just so bankrupt. It's absolutely absurd. But to do that to yourself, and you know, I spent yeah. a fair amount of my time teaching graduate cohorts of engineers. We've been talking about this last few weeks. This is a really stupid idea. Sure. You're shooting yourself in your foot. Where do your references come from? If people understand that you're only a person that will do this much work and no more, and you will not go above and beyond, why would you want that person on the team? There's no quest for excellence. Well, the whole idea about employment, and this is what I think a lot of soul searching did happen during the pandemic, is you want to find something that you like to do, that you get up in the morning and you relish the day ahead of you and the team that you work with. That's the ultimate goal of any career. So if it takes you towards the arts, if it takes you towards the discipline of business, if it takes you into engineering, whatever it is, 
find that passion. I tell all the young people that you've got to find it because the very idea entering your mind that you only want to work nine to five and you put that on your personal brand, you will be outed immediate. You'll, you'll be canceled in the workforce. Nobody wants to employ that person. So I think there should be a lot of soul searching about branding yourself that way and saying for some reason, you don't owe your team more. It's not because you have to, you want to work past five o'clock because you want to. That's the whole point of finding the right career. We're speaking with Kevin O'Leary, chairman of O'Leary Ventures, about quiet quitting. And you, you can't open your laptop without seeing a million different articles and columns on quiet quitting. And it just, it seemed to, they all seem to appear about two weeks ago. Um, I'm, I read one the other day, Kevin, and I would like to get your take on this, that said that bosses are getting in on the trend, this passive aggressive trend as well that is quiet quitting. What they're doing is they're engaging in quiet firing. So instead of giving an employee <laughs> honest feedback and steps to improve, they're just quietly ignoring their request for promotions or higher pay. They're hoping you'll be demoralized and uh, you'll leave on your own. How would you handle a quiet quitter? So that's a very bad outcome. I mean, both of these uh, situations are deplorable in the sense that you're wasting human resources at a time when they're hard to get. And also your job as a manager is to motivate your team, is to provide guidance and a direction and be inspirational for them. And that certainly isn't anywhere near that metric. That's just a disaster. The best strategy I have found, and believe me, we've been dealing with this for almost two and a half years within my companies, is when we look at a new employee and we engage with the team and we meet each other online virtually, which is pretty well how all the hirings are going now, we say to them, look, this job, let's just use round numbers, this job pays $100,000 a year. However, for the next six months, we're going to pay you $120,000, 20% more, to be a contractor to work within our organization for six months, not as a permanent employee, to see how you engage, to see how you interact, to see if you're happy. Can we work together? Because I'm very focused on team. I want really cohesive teams that like each other and want to work together and, and set goals and are you know independent in achieving those goals. I'm agnostic to when they do the work. That's the nature. I mean, I'm, I, sometimes I get up at two in the morning and I do work because I'm working with somebody in the United Arab Emirates. It doesn't matter anymore. The point is, do they fit the organization? So my argument is to really avoid this disaster of quiet quitting, this, this insane idea, this bankrupt idea, this virus to your organization. It's, it's, it's the worst idea I've ever heard is to actually employ people for six months first to see if they fit. Then you don't have to mm -hmm. fire them. The contract's over. They made a ton of money. You're happy that you didn't employ somebody who isn't going to work and everybody's better off. What happens at the six months when you say, yeah, that, that 20000 extra, we're taking it away, but you have a full-time job? No, if you've kept them after six months, you're going to pay them more than 120 anyways. They're that good. All right. I like I like the cut of your jib. Let's uh, very quickly uh, touch on this. Apparently, more younger people are um, are looking at uh, voting conservative. This is a big change, uh, especially within a year of the last time they were surveyed. What do you think of the fact that Pierre Polyev is bringing more young people into the conservative party? I don't think it's just Pierre. I think there's a movement uh, across Canadians, including the Liberal Party. And, and I would say it's this, you know, I, I've I'm, I'm always intrigued at policy and, and politics put together. But if you think about the situation we're in Canada today, regardless of your politics, wherever you sit, whatever age you are now, you've come to the conclusion, particularly over the last two and a half years during the pandemic, 
that Canada, and look, when I say this, I want to preface it by saying I mean no disrespect to any politicians, but I think it's time to be honest. And, and it, this is really important because we're going into a leadership race, not only at the Conservative Party, but also for the country. And, and so here's my statement. Canada is the richest country on earth run by idiots. And that is a fact. And the reason that is, is we cannot attract executional skills in the management of the country. Now, Justin Trudeau is a very successful politician. You can't take that away from him. But his lack of executional skills is painfully obvious. When he goes to G20 or G7 meetings, he's ignored, he's not respected. It hurts Canadians to see that happen. Think about the mandate of finance. Why can't we find a real finance minister? Someone's actually run a global financial mandate. Instead, we have a journalist. I mean no criticism by that other than to say it's a fact. So when you tell me young Canadians facing their future, realizing they're living in the, in, in the most incredible country on earth in terms of resources, riches, and wealth, watching their management being so weak, where are we cursed to have basically no executional skills at any level of government. And I, I mean that regardless of party. So I think when you're starting to see motivation within millennials, they're saying to themselves, why do I have to put up with this anymore? Why? Why can't we fix this? So for me as a voter, I mean, I'm looking for somebody who can actually do the job. And when you think about what a job is, think about this as prime minister, your number one role is to fill those caucus mandates with the best management you can find. So let's take finance for a second. Whoever wins the conservatives, let's make an assumption that people are tired of Trudeau, he's gone. I think what happens, because he'll never win another majority mandate for the liberals, I think Freeland will be the pick. So who are you gonna put against her to actually win a majority mandate? So for my pick, and I'm not endorsing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to endorse management at this point, it, right now is Charest, because for me, Charest has a proven executional history of being able to pick managers, whether he's on a private board, whether he's putting together an energy strategy for pipelines or whatever it is he did in the past, he has proven executional skills. Pierre is a great guy on social media. He's incited a lot of interest on social media, but it's not going to work in a general election because it's too divisive. He's out there telling everybody he's gonna cancel the Bank of Canada. Canadians don't want that, that's too crazy. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's, unfortunately that's built in his brand. So when you ask me why young people are coming to the fore, and getting involved in politics, including my kids are in their 20s, they're interested in their future. They don't want idiots running the country anymore. They want talented people, men and women, with proven executional skills that are willing to come and take those mandates, like they do in Sweden, like they do in Switzerland, like they do in Germany. They pay huge fees to get ex-managers in mandates that they understand. Going back to finance, I'll, I'll throw a name out there. I don't have any information about them, but Gord Nixon, why is Gord Nixon not the next finance minister of Canada? Because he doesn't want to work in a team that basically never executed on anything. He wants to be convinced. I'm speaking on his behalf, but I don't know this with certainty. But if you want Gord Nixon, you need somebody he respects. I would like to see Gord Nixon, regardless of his politics, running Canada because he's run a global franchise. We deserve a manager like that, not just there in military, in every mandate, in health. We went through the pandemic with someone who had never done an order for vaccines and Canadians suffered for it. We need skilled managers. Who's going to do that for us? We have to find somebody. And that's why young people are motivated. This country really, really needs to do some soul searching. Agnostic to party. Let's find managers, people that know what they're doing, 
not career politicians. Ask Pierre, has he ever had a job outside of being a politician? The answer is no. We just went through that with Trudeau. We don't need to do that again. And I'm agnostic to politics. Get me a manager, someone who knows what they're doing, not just a politician. Kevin O'Leary, you sound like you're campaigning. Are, do you have any regrets that you're not in this leadership race? To the extent that people want to hear what I have to say about politics, I'm happy to do it. I cheer on anybody that's going to take on that mandate. I don't regret what I did, but I learned a lot. I got slaughtered in Quebec, you know, 78 seats. That's the other thing about Charest, now that you brought it up. He could win 50 to 58 seats, and he can win in the 905. Now that's a majority mandate, because he can beat Freeland. We don't have to worry about Trudeau anymore. He's 40% off retail now. All right. We're going to leave it at that. Kevin O'Leary, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining the Kelly Cotrera Show. Take care. Cheers. Kevin O'Leary, chairman of O'Leary Ventures.